Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Leafs Convo podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. I'm Norman James, along with Mike uh, Jello, coming off a 3-2 Maple Leafs loss to the Stanley Cup champion Blues at Scotiabank Arena on Monday night. Michael, the Leafs, maybe not in the driver's seat of a game again, but in the lead at a crucial stage. They can't hold on to it. They fall to the Stanley Cup champions. Is there a concern here, Mike? I know it's early, but a 3-2 loss to the Blues. Good morning, Norm. Um, I I think that there was maybe a little bit of concern after the Montreal game, but I thought that the Leafs played much better on Monday against the Blues, a team that was going to pose problems for them because I think they're a heavier team. Mm -hmm. uh, as as Using Mike Babcock's uh, verbiage. Um, and, you know, very, very tough along the boards, win, win a lot of battles. And for the Leafs to compete with that, they were going to have to use their speed, which at times I thought they did. But in the end, they, they lost some of those battles and the quality of the Blues, I think, you know, shone through. And, uh, I, you know, the, there are things that are going on with the Leafs that are consistent with a team with a lot of changeover. Um, you know, getting used to new line mates, getting used to uh, you know, Babcock's tactics and two one and one after four games, four games and six nights, by the way, which is a little okay. bit of a you know, hefty schedule. But I don't think it's bad, but it, there's also things that I think need to be improved with this team going forward, and he even said that at, after the game, that uh, for them to be competitive, they're going to have to upgrade themselves. The Leafs outshot the Blues 34-30. to 30. They were out hit again. The Blues with uh, double the blocks. Nice for William Nylander, his second goal of the season. He's off to a nice start. Freddie Goche with two. That's nice to see, but guys like Jason Spezza and Nick Patan get on the board um, early in the game with points. So, uh, ceremonially, it was a nice opportunity for some of these guys to start contributing. Uh, they didn't get the result the way they wanted to, but I guess if you put this game up against the Montreal game, it was a more complete game. Uh, they were just, in the end, the Blues outlasted them. Well, I mean, I was a little snarky on uh, social media uh, last night when it came to the Gautier goal, because if you saw the goal, Spezza bats the puck out of midair in front of the net to allow Gautier to, to get it past Bennington. And I'm like, I'm saying, well, yeah, I'm sure Nick Shore could do that. I mean, I thought, you know, and the other thing is, is that the fourth line, I think Gautier played the most. He played a little over eight minutes. Spezza played something like six minutes and Patan played like five minutes. Again, Babcock just rolled the top three lines. And I, I guess early in the season, you, you know, you have the, you know, freedom to do that because the wear and tear of, uh, a long schedule is not present, but I think to determine what your fourth line is going to be, you have to play them more than four or five minutes. And I, I think actually they played pretty decently. The goal that they were on the Barbashev goal was something that I think Freddie, Freddie Anderson had to stop uh, a, a long shot from outside the faceoff circle, which you never see anymore. Um, but Tyson Berry got his stick in front of the shot. And as soon as I saw that goal, I'm like, Don Cherry is going to show this on Coach's Corner on Saturday about the defenseman getting the stick in front of the shot, even though he didn't deflect it. It was something where it distracted the goalie enough that he lost it and, and it got by him. But the fourth line played well, and 
Rasmus Sandin played 15 minutes, which I think is the equivalent of the, the ice time of the last two games he played and played really well. So I think if that was, if that was a test from Babcock playing a 19 year old against the Stanley cup champions and playing well, then, you know, he's, he's passing with flying colors, right? We now. can't predict how Mike Babcock's going to use his players yet, Mike, because he seems all over the place. He doesn't have the Babcock mm-hmm. algorithm running full tilt at this point. He's experimenting right now. Too few yeah. minutes for some players, too many for others. And then the next night, everything's flipped on its head. So let's hope that he's trying to coalesce a lineup for as much as we want to put, um, you know, want to allow players to kind of ease into their abilities and, you know, get, get going. I guess we have to give the head coach the benefit of the doubt in that circumstance as well. So 2-1-1 one one, Tampa Bay at Scotiabank Arena on Thursday. Tampa still with its tail between its legs after that first round exit uh, at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets last spring. So right now, I guess it's just mm. a- another game, another opportunity for the Maple Leafs to better themselves, get a couple more points on the board and move forward. Yeah, another game against a team that won the President's Trophy last year. Uh, you know, I know you can ignore the fact that they got swept in the, in the playoffs, but the, a team that has something to prove that, that has struggled so far uh, after, after a week. Uh, I, the, the things I think that Babcock has to be concerned about, um, and, you know, Travis Dermott's not going to be back probably until the end of the month or early November. Same timetable for Zach Hyman. The Caspery Kapanen experiment on that second line with Tavares and Marner has failed. Um, not that he played terribly last night, but on the Pitarangelo goal, he was a little bit out of position. And that's understandable since he's playing the off wing, a, a position that he very rarely played. He's a right winger and he's got they've got him playing on the left side. Um, when Hyman comes back, you know, there's there's gonna be that symbiotic relationship between him and Tavares and Marner that, that occurred last year where it was their, it was their most consistent and best line. And, you know, you can't expect Hyman to be starting off the season on all eight cylinders because he's coming back from an ACL injury. So I, I honestly think of the top nine, the, most, the least impressive line so far has been the Tavares line. And I don't think it has anything to do with Marner uh, not being at camp from the very beginning. It just seems that they're, you know, not – they're not operating on all eight cylinders. And I think the lack of, uh, of Hyman being on that line has something to do with that. Whereas opposed to the other line, you know, Matthews has got five goals. He was one of the three stars of the week. And Nylander has played back to the Nylander of a couple years ago. Um, he was really good last night. I think still it drives people nuts that he doesn't drive the net sometimes, that he always curls or he always go, goes behind the net, sort of avoiding – um, contact, but you know that as long as he continues to be creative offensively and make the passes that he makes, then you could accept those uh, those things missing from his game. But he's been really good, and Matthews is. Yeah, been they great, certainly so. have. Uh, Nylander will be as good as he wants to be, and then the Nylanderites will back up whatever he does and herald that as being uh, totally incredible. And that's all fine and dandy. I, I, I wish eighty eight the best, and he's doing really well right now. And again, if he's uh, a cog in the wheel that makes this team you know, spin at a, a pace that eventually um, rolls a Stanley Cup. That's what matters to me. When we talk about Zach Hyman coming back to complete the trifecta, that is T- Tavares and Marner, 
that's a lot of pressure on a guy who hasn't been on the ice or hasn't really been doing much for a very long period of time. And who knows, this could be a lost season for him if he doesn't uh, find his old game and his old ability to be the, the player that he was developing into before the injury, Michael. What um, concerns me is that, you know, Kapanen's playing the way he is right now, but is there no one else on this team that can barge into that mix and become that missing piece? Because it seems, at, at least at this point, with the way Kapanen has performed, that there's an opportunity there. Who's going to be given the opportunity? Or who's going to take the opportunity? And I guess um, as part of that, who's going to be given the opportunity by the head coach? We can't be waiting for a traditional third-line player to come in and make these guys work whenever he shows up. I mean, somebody else has to go in there and get the job done, and Hyman's got to fight for his job back. The concern with Hyman is the injury that he's coming back from uh, that he had against Boston. Um, his job for that line is to be a puck hound, to go into the corners, to dig it out, to get it to Tafares and Marner. You're talking about an ACL injury. You're talking about him working along the boards, and that's a lot of stress on, on the knee. So he may not be as effective as he was before the injury, at least for a little while, and maybe a little tentative. And that's always, you know, mentally, that's always a tough hurdle to get across, get over. So to your point, I thought there was a possibility that after Kapanen's game against Montreal that either Ilya Mikhaev or Trevor Moore would step up to that second line. Babcock didn't do that. But if he wants to start Hyman off, on a lower line, which it doesn't sound like he's going to. It sounds like when Hyman gets back, he's going with Tavares and Martyr. But if he's not effective, then I think the candidates to move up to that line would be Mikhaev, who's played well beyond everybody's expectations, or Trevor Moore, who just seems to be sort of like an energizer mm. bunny, and he can play both both wings. So I think those would be the two candidates to move up into that spot if Hyman is not ready, and if Kapanen isn't more effective. A big shout-out to the OGs and converts who populate the comment section and the community portion of the YouTube channel, 5x3, Drew Ayashi, Timberwolf, War Daddy, Steve Hardman, Brian D, and Kai Young, thank you very much. And that's just a, a few names of the hundreds who uh, help to – uh, allow us to do what we do. We do have a Patreon uh, account. I have had some inquiries about that. You can throw a couple dollars our way and you'll get a TLC OG shirt. Uh, we have some shirts going out here in the next hours um, to uh, a few backers of the podcast who have been waiting very patiently to get their gear and it will be coming very soon. Also, OF-COMBO-2019. That is your Oak Ridge Ford confirmation code. If you're local to London and you are looking for a new or used vehicle, come in to the dealership. Use that code, OF-COMBO-2019. There are already savings on cars right now, but you'll get additional Leafs combo savings. Trust me, it's going to work. Michael, any last things to add before we carry on with the day? I think the challenges of the, this team early on in the season are to be patient. Uh, I think everybody expects them to be over 100 points. Everybody expects you know Austin Matthews to score 50 goals and them to score over 300 goals this season. Remember, this is a team that had a changeover of six or seven players to an opening night roster from last year. So it's, it is going to take time for them to sort of mold together um, you know, they very easily could lose to Tampa Bay on Thursday and then they're five, a 500 team. And I can just see the panic 
uh, starting to, you know, get into uh, Leafs Nation, but it's early and they had a really difficult schedule to start the year. So I, I don't think there's any reason for panic if, if they, if they lose against Tampa, but we hope that they uh, have some success and then they play Detroit on Saturday. So um, it, after that, it will lighten up a little bit. I think before this team reaches the Zenith, there's going to be a long period of fun and ease to the game. We haven't reached that point, Mike, where, Every night is something special, and it happens night after night. And there's just a, a, a comfort level that's palpable and high and enjoyable. Are we ever going to get to that, Mike? I mean, obviously, there's always talk about replacing the coach. Will Will we ever get to a, a point where we're just everybody's comfortable, everybody's happy, the team's winning, and there's a sense that that title is is there for the taking and le- legitimately so. Last word. I'm not sure because I don't think that's consistent with Toronto. There's always pressure. There's always attention. Um, I think if they have some success in the playoffs, if they win a round or two, will sort of decrease. But right now, you're talking about a, a talent-laden club who has not advanced to the second round of the playoffs in 15 years. So that's that specter is going to be there. And until they taste a little bit of success, it's going to continue to stay Final there. words from the man himself, the one and only Michael Piagello. Mike, thanks a lot. Thanks, Norm.